It is seven minutes after six o'clock at Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT Radio app. My name is Darren Pritchett. Welcome to the second hour of the program for this Monday. I'm joined by a broadcasting Hall of Famer in our area, Chuck Freeby from WHME TV, WHME Radio, also WNDU. We're going to talk a few topics, including that terrific Penn Marion game Friday night at the Penn Palace. We'll talk a little Mike Bray and more in this conversation. Chuck, good to be with you. How are things in the Freebie household? Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, the dog is back from the vet. He's doing well. <laughs> good. Uh, you know, so those are the main topics of conversation around the house today. I'm, I'm glad you're diverting me with some actual sports because the dog went to the vet today. That pretty much consumes the day. I got you there. Does the dog have a sports name? Uh, he's Skipper, so okay. I mean he's he's sitting in a big league dugout. Okay, very good. <laughs> I'm imagining Jim Leland hitting a cigarette as as we're having this conversation. I don't know why, but anyway, I think I think Skipper lights him up too. I'm not sure. <laughs> I have a great visual right now. All right, let's start with Mike Bray, Chuck. 23 years as the Notre Dame men's basketball coach, he is leaving the program. After this season, all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history, 13 NCAA tournaments, a couple of Elite Eights, and I think that 2015 ACC Championship will be as special as anything on Mike's resume. As you think back to where the program was when Mike took over and to where he got it, how much difference did Mike Bray make in changing the way people here and across the country look at Notre Dame basketball? You have to remember, Notre Dame had not been in the tournament for 10 years prior to Mike Bray's arrival. So for him to get them there and for them to get to the Sweet 16 as quickly as he got them there within the first couple of years was an amazing feat by Mike. And then to handle that transition from the Big East to the ACC, if you remember that 2014 team, uh, while talented, and basically the nucleus of what we saw erupt in 2015 and 2016, 2014, Notre Dame had a losing season. I vividly remember uh, broadcasting with the baseball team, and we were down in North Carolina to get ready for a series with Duke and went over to Greensboro Coliseum to watch Connaughton and the guys play in their Mm. first ACC tournament and basically labeled it a rescue mission because we were going to get our pitcher from the basketball team. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, oh boy, Pat was a part of one of Mike's best teams, Jaron Grant. Pat Connaughton got all the way to the Elite Eight, losing to that great Kentucky team that was undefeated. They did not win the title. They would lose their next game. But Mike came close to getting to the Final Four. And, and, you know, Chuck, I don't know if you agree with me on this, and, and maybe I've been wrong all these years, but I've always felt like the most difficult player to recruit to a team at Notre Dame is the men's basketball team. I always thought Mike had the biggest uphill battle. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, because uh, the pool that he gets to select from is so limited, and it's that way in the transfer portal, too. Mm -hmm. If you take a look at what Notre Dame doesn't get to choose from in the transfer portal, which would be basically freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, 
they can only take graduate transfers based on the university's rules right now. So you have limited yourself to basically 2% of the transfer pool. Wow. And I, I think that that is something that does not bode well for Mike's successor unless some things change around here because uh, we all see right now with NIL and the way the transfer portal shuttle is going, and then you look at the composition of the roster right now with six graduate students, uh, the cupboard's going to be pretty bare for whoever is coming in here. Hmm. Chuck, if I had a say in the matter, I would place this phone call. I would expect to get a gracious no, but my first phone call would be to Monty Williams. I think that'd be a great phone call to make. I, I think another phone call you could make and probably get another gracious no is Jay Wright. Oh, if you yeah. want somebody with more of a college pedigree, he's sitting on the sidelines right now. He's available. But no, Monty would, Monty would be a great choice. Now, you wonder a little bit with Monty the same thing that IU fans wonder right now with Mike Woodson. How would he adapt coming from basically being a career NBA coach, mm-hmm. coming back to alma mater, and, and coaching at this level? I think Woodson is, is learning some things at the collegiate level and and learning how to handle his teams. And I think Monty would have to be given the same kind of grace that Mike's been given for the first couple of years. Uh, The other name that really gets my attention is uh, Pat Kelsey down at College of Charleston. Hmm. Uh, They are ranked in the top 25. He comes from kind of the same pedigree in terms of a a mid-major that Bray did. He's got a great Catholic school background. He is a ball of energy, and I I think you need somebody with a lot of energy to take on this program because things that the Notre Dame basketball coach is going to have to understand, you are never the number one sport. Mm -hmm. You're lucky if you're the number two sport. Uh, You're going to have to grind like heck to get people in the stands. You're going to have to grind like heck to find the guys out there that that you can get – And now with NIL and Transfer Portal, the job becomes even tougher. So to me, I mentioned Jay Wright, he's 61. To me, this is a young man's job right now. Hmm. Young compared to me is just about anybody. But (laughs) Pat Kelsey's in his 40s. You could picture him coming here and being here 15, 20 years. Hmm. Chuck Freeby from WHME and WNDU joining me on WSBT Radio. And the new coach will have to understand the precedent has been set. If you win the Maui Classic, you come back to the locker room with no shirt on. I think you can leave that one unique. <laughs> okay, fair you enough. You can leave that one as unique as Mike Bray is. So there's no sense in trying to duplicate that. Although I can, from what I've read about Pat Kelsey, uh, he strikes me as the kind of guy that might do that. Okay. There's a, there's a check mark for him. Then you were a part of a great broadcast on WHMB Friday night, two of the best teams in the state in their respective classes and heck throw away the classes. They're two of the best Mishawaka Marion and Penn, two great head coaches, two great programs with fantastic players and Marion had beaten Penn eight straight times. Penn got the job done this time, 66-52. Before we talk about what happened in the game, 
I just want you to describe the atmosphere because I mentioned earlier I went into the facility for the last couple of minutes. It was electric, and for someone that was not in the state for single-class basketball, I felt back we turned back the clock a bit Friday night. The atmosphere had to be very similar, Chuck, to what you used to have to deal with broadcasting games back in single-class basketball. It had a late 80s, early 90s feel. Uh, there's no question about that. It, the place was about three-quarter full at halftime of the JV wow. game. I was getting texts from people who were having problems parking. We went on the air 20 minutes before uh, tip-off to do our open, and at that point we had not received the word that it was officially sold out. By the time we got done 15 minutes before tip-off, it was officially sold out, and we were told they were turning people away. Mm. I have done a lot of games at Penn over the years. I've never seen that place nearly as packed as it was. They were literally standing on the boards behind the back row of the upper deck. Mm. So it was hanging from the rafters, standing room only, God bless them. They let the students in for free, which I'm a big advocate of. I, I think as many schools that can do that should do that. And the Penn student body showed up. Boy, and did they. they filled up their section. And the Marion student body showed up, and they filled up their section. Now, I don't know that the Marion students got in free. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, you know, and the band was there. And it was just a great high school atmosphere. It's the kind of thing that you see pictures of down around central and southern Indiana, mm -hmm. but never seems to happen up here, and it did on Friday night, and it was special. Penn 66, Marion 52. Let's start with the history in the game. The Notre Dame signee Marcus Burton becomes the all-time leading scorer in Penn history, and he got it done with a really good defensive play. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, made a steal about midcourt, brought it down. He had had two or three shots at the basket prior to that to make the record, had not been able to cast those in, was able to put it in and score and break the record held by Noah Applegate. It's funny because the record kind of moved on him during the week. <laughs> we were told early in the week that he had to get 44 points against Northridge to tie the record, and he got 40, and so it's, all right, this is going to be really early in the game, guys. We've got to be ready for this. And then the word comes down Wednesday, hey, he needs 11 points, not four, to, to tie the record, which was fine. You knew he was going to get that many, and uh, he certainly did, and then some wound up with 32. I'm sure, Chuck, Marcus is going to be a part of your answer, but what was the difference in the game that allowed Penn to win this game against a great Rob Berger team by 14? Honestly, the difference was defense and rebounding. Yes, Marcus Burton got his points. Marcus Burton's had points in games where Penn has lost in the past, but Penn owned the rebounding margin on Marion in this game and their unheralded bigs, 6'8", Dylan Durda, 6'8", Josh Gatete, not only did a great job on the glass, but Al Rhodes in his defense put Gatete out top of his switching man-to-man -man and really bedeviled Deglin Sullivan and was able to take away the three-point shot from Marion. Marion only shot one out of six from three-point range in the first half, pretty low percentage for a team that normally shoots 41% from beyond the arc. So Penn's length gave Marion fits, and then Burton did what he does offensively. 
and it doesn't hurt when you get a three-pointer or two from Joe Smith and a three-pointer or two from Trey Miller. So I thought Penn flexed it depth a little bit in this game too they're they're able to go eight deep very comfortably and they did and I thought it wore down Marion a little bit in the third quarter when you thought the Knights might be able to make a run it would be a massive upset at this point for someone other than Penn to represent the 4A teams in our area at semi-state again this year it's a little different regional it's just one game semi-state is two games I mean Penn is the prohibitive favorite and it would take a Villanova versus Georgetown effort I think to beat them this year but in 3A Chuck we have two of the best teams in the state not too far apart Marion and Northwood you have seen the two teams would you call the talent level pretty close between the two squads I I think it is I I think Northwood is a little more physically imposing. We, we mentioned the height that Penn has, a couple of 6'8 kids. Well, Northwood has some pretty good height, too, with the Roche brothers. Ian Roche is 6'6", headed to Grace College. His brother Tyler, a sophomore, is 6'7". You've got Kate Brenner, who I believe is 6'3". So that's some pretty good bodies across the board there for Northwood. And the thing about all those guys is they're versatile. They can go down low and power it up, but they can shoot the three very well. Northwood shoots the three at 43%, and defensively, they have absolutely obliterated teams defensively this year, uh, especially in the Northern Lakes Conference. So it'll be very interesting in a couple of weeks when Northwood plays Mishawaka, those two teams undefeated right now in the NLC. I think it's going to be really interesting when Marion plays Washington this Friday Mm. night because South Bend, Washington is a team that you know, people kind of soured on after they lost on TV 46 to John Glenn. But Brian Vargas' team has been playing better, and now they get that, that next pop quiz before we hit March. Didn't they have a freshman score 40 the other night? Stephen Reynolds, yeah. if the name sounds familiar, he's the son of the Washington girls basketball coach, who's celebrating a birthday today, by the way. And his birthday that he's celebrating, 43, the number of points that his son scored on Friday night. So I told him next year, a kid's got to score 44. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's Kira from the girls' team or Steven from the boys or one of the girls in college. I love it. I love it. Chuck, you've got a 46 game of the week coming up tomorrow night. And we're very excited that the crew and yourself is coming to the cave to see the Mishawaka Cavemen take on Fairfield. Mishawaka has won 10 in a row and playing, you know, really good basketball right now. Had a pretty good performance against Northridge. The game got a little closer than it should have been, I think, compared to most of the game, but they still won by a comfortable margin. Any thoughts as you've done a little diving into these two basketball teams? Just got off the phone uh, before we started with Derek Heinen, the Fairfield coach. You know, the Falcons are only 3-9 and nine right now, but their last three losses have been by one, two, and three points. So if Mishawaka gets overconfident looking at Fairfield's record, they could have some problems. The Falcons have some length. Inconsistent shooting the ball. If they find somebody who can fill it up tomorrow night at the cave, could be closer than many people think. Mishawaka just playing terrific basketball under Bodie Bender right now. They're getting up and down the floor a lot better than they have in the past. Uh, The team takes on the personality of the head coach. 
he is he's not Mike Bray loose, but he's a pretty loose guy, <laughs> and he likes to have fun. And the team, ha- hey, I had to survive at Mishawaka practice today. This Pritchett kid was trying to maim me, kicking balls at me and stuff like that. It was accidental, but nevertheless, once he started coming around the head a little bit, I said, okay, I'm out of here. Um, no, I, I really like the makeup of the team. Arthur Jones has been a developing kid at point yeah. guard for a couple of years, and I think he's really found his niche. The The thing that startles me about this Mishawaka team is we talked about the depth that Penn has going eight deep. Well, Mishawaka has comfortably gone 10 deep, and I think that's the thing that Bodie takes the most pride in with this group is they can just wear teams down. And there are very few teams, in fact, they may be the only one I can think of in this area, that right now can go 10 deep. Yeah, a lot of times Bodie will just put in an entire new starting lineup for the second quarter, and the starters will rest in that second quarter, and then they're full go for the second half. So you're right, that is pretty unique to have that many players in the rotation. So for Mishawaka fans, how can they check out this team, which I hope they do because we're trying to get the attendance up in Mishawaka with this team right now. So how can Mishawaka fans check out the broadcast of the Mishawaka Fairfield game on the 46th game of the week? So here's what you do. Tomorrow night you actually go to the game and you bring your radio along. You listen to Brian and Ron on the call on WSBT radio. And then what you do is Wednesday night at 9 in prime time, you don't watch IU Minnesota. You watch <laughs> Fairfield Mishawaka on TV 46. And then if you didn't catch it then, you tell the boss, I've got a cough. You stay home from work. You practice for the NCAA tournament. And Thursday afternoon at 2, it will be on as well. Okay. I think I've got it. I've got a lot of rules for the next few days. Got to do this, yeah, got to well, do that. Okay. Just be a good employee for once, will you? I mean, <laughs> crying out loud. Well, just like my son, I kick things around the office too, so I know where he gets it from. Well, it's going to oh, be. I knew where he got it from. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be great to have you at the cave tomorrow night, that's for sure. And we look forward to the broadcast of Mishawaka Fairfield on the 46th game of the week, Wednesday at 9, Thursday at 2. And Brian and Coach Heklinski have the live call on 96-1 the ton tomorrow night at about 7.05. Very good. Good to catch up and with you, Chuck. How I, lucky, go ahead. How lucky am I, Darren? I had that game at the Palace last week. I'm in the oldest gym in Indiana. Yeah on Tuesday night to do a game. And then Friday night I go down to the Tiger Den in Warsaw for for the team that I think will be number one this week in 3A, Northwood, taking on Warsaw. By the way, the last time Northwood won at Warsaw, Al Rhodes was coaching the Tigers. Oh, really? It's been a while for the Panthers and the Tiger Den. That is a house of horrors for Northwood. Have you been to the cave since they tore down the white ceiling? Uh, today I was, okay. and I found things that Nagel had left up there, so <laughs> that's great. Yeah, there was a few kickballs and, and some other things, I think, up there when they when they brought that down. Hey, before we go, one more thing. How excited are you sure. for Trey Mancini to be with the Chicago Cubs? I texted him, and I said, you know, I've been a Cub fan since I was five years old, so I am over the moon for myself, but I'm over the moon for him. What a great environment for him. And I think he'll add something to that team. I really do. He is so versatile. And as he said at his presser today, I don't care where you play me. I just want to play. 
What kind of great attitude is that to have? It's a refreshing one. That's for sure. Very good. Not one you hear from a lot of players. No, no, not at all. Chuck, I will see you at the old ball yard tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Me too, my man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Chuck Freebie, WHME TV, WHME Radio, WNDU, 46th game of the week. Tomorrow night, Mishawaka and Fairfield will be at the Cave. You can watch it Wednesday at 9 and Thursday at 2 o'clock. 627 at WSBT.